Um, in uh, in our uh, travel through the sermon so far, Jesus has talked about um, the uh, way that this new uh, community, this kingdom of God, um, is going to look. Um, as we as we looked at the Beatitudes and how um, these people that um, come to God through Jesus enter the kingdom will then become salt and light. And then we looked last week at um, Jesus saying, hey, for those of you wondering, this new thing that I'm talking about, the kingdom of God coming, um, you might be wondering if I am here to um, throw away, um, abolish the law and the prophets. And he says, no, what I'm doing is actually the fulfillment of everything that they have been pointing towards, that they have been talking about. And so now in these um, next uh, few sections, um, following verse 20, um, we're going to have some examples that Jesus is going to show us how um, this uh, way of life, this um, new creation way of living, um, living as people who are, um, through Jesus, part of his new kingdom, the reign of God, um, what it might look like to really fulfill um, what is behind the law. And so there's going to be several times, um, we're going to see the first one today, where he'll say something along the lines of, you have heard it said, or it was written, and then he's going to say, and I say this. Um, Sometimes, um, if you're reading along, people will call them um, antitheses, Um, but I think there's... uh, even though, even though that's the way that people have referred to them, you know, several authors kind of like that's not exactly um, maybe the best, the best word for us to kind of picture because then we think of Jesus as against the law, right? And then he's just said that that's not what's going on here. So we talked a little bit last week about that, and then we kind of discussed it um, at Missional Family a little more in depth, like what what is the what is the law the writings um the prophets um even more instruction as as um maybe another um valuable way to think about how the word law should be um uh heard for us since the way that we think of law is maybe a little bit different than um how their culture um would have viewed law um what what um, Jesus is doing here is he's showing um, what is behind um, the law. So he begins here in verse twenty one. He says, "You have heard it. You have heard that it was said to the people long ago, you shall not murder, and anyone who murders will be subject to judgment. But I tell you that anyone who is angry with a brother or sister will be subject to judgment. Again, anyone who says to a brother or sister, Raka." is answerable to the court. And anyone who says, you fool, will be in danger of the fire of hell. Therefore, if you are offering your gift at the altar 
and there remember that your brother or sister has something against you, leave your gift there in front of the altar. First go and be reconciled to them. Then come and offer your gift. Settle matters quickly with your adversary who is taking you to court. Do it while you are still together on the way, or your adversary may hand you over to the judge, and the judge may hand you over to the officer, and you may be thrown into prison. Truly, I tell you, you will not get out until you have paid the last penny. So here we have our first example of what uh, true righteousness that is um, beyond what Jesus says, if you're going to have righteousness beyond the scribes and the Pharisees, this is our first example of what it might look like for that righteousness to be a part of your life. And so um, Jesus goes and we have um, one of the Ten Commandments and also right um, when uh, Noah gets off the ark, one of the things that God says in in chapter 9 of Genesis is that um, you shouldn't take anyone's life. And uh, if if that happens, then that person um, uh, is under judgment and even uh, put them to death. And so Jesus says, um, what, what is behind uh, this command here? What was this supposed to help you think about? And so Jesus says that murder, anger, and contempt each come from the same place and they put us in the same bondage. That the step uh, from anger um, to uh, contempt or even to murder um, begins at the same place in our heart where we harbor anger, we, we nurse anger, um, we allow it um, to affect what is going on around us and how we treat those around us. One of the, the themes, right, of the, uh, of the sermon is that the unseen affects the scene, Inter- not the, like, pastoral scene kind of thing, but, like, the scene, right? Um, God, God says, uh, Jesus, Jesus is talking about in chapter 6 about, um, you know, don't do this to be seen, but your father who sees in secret is going to know what's going on and reward you. Um, that this unseen kingdom that's not of this world is invading the hearts and lives of the people um, that are coming to Jesus. And because of that, they're going to look differently and it's going to actually change the way that they live and they'll become salt, they'll become light and their good deeds will affect those around them and allow them to glorify God. But Jesus is saying, the point wasn't just so that you would um, have a bunch of people who didn't murder each other and call that righteousness, right? If that was, if that was the, the very uh, minimal level that God required of his people, then, you know, that wouldn't be very hard for people to keep. And so, yeah, sure, if you're a, a scribe or a Pharisee, you can say, yeah, I've kept this 
and I haven't murdered anybody, right? I have kept the law in this area. And Jesus says, no, if, if you're angry with someone, if you are um, at a point of uh, demeaning them in your, in your speech um, and the way that you um, look and think about them, that is uh, part of the, the same pattern of how you view other people who are made in the image of God. And so the question is, what does it look like to treat someone as an image bearer? And Jesus says, it's not just like, okay, you don't murder. There's, you don't murder because they're made in the image of God. But if they're made in the image of God, shouldn't that make you think that, wow, murder is just like the baseline. Not, not killing people is where we start. And then we think about the ways that, okay, so if, if murder's not okay, is physical violence okay? Well, surely not. If, if physical violence isn't okay, is, is verbal violence or um, social violence the way that um, we can use our words or actions, our thoughts to um, kill the dreams of someone or um, end relationships, banish people, you know, break down communities if we don't consider um, the immense worth of human beings and treat them accordingly. So Jesus is saying beyond like just the, the basics of uh, not murdering, this, this uh, teaching and instruction was supposed to make you think about what another person who God has created, their worth, their value, and therefore, if, if you are harboring anger toward them, if you are um, in those moments of, of rage, um, letting that control you, you are following in the same pattern, the same uh, system, the same, uh, you know, what do you call it? Um, a circle of retribution um, that leads to anger, that leads to violence. And that's not the way of the kingdom. The way of the kingdom says, I'm not, I don't have to be in bondage um, to anger. When it, when it comes, there is another way of living because anger and contempt will lead us to the same place um, as murder does in terms of uh, danger of judgment and um, how it will affect our relationships here in the present. And... And so that's what his, his examples are. And again, Jesus is here giving um, expanded teaching, um, new instruction. But again, these are not um, laws to be followed to the letter in the same way. Because if we follow what Jesus says in uh, verses 23 through 26, um, we could follow those exactly and then find ways to get around 
anger or to uh, get around and still harm one another. Jesus is um, giving us these examples as a way to expand our imagination of how we should treat one another and how we can fight against the way that um, anger and, and harboring anger in our hearts will cause the breakdown of relationships um, among even those who would call themselves brothers and sisters, family, um, spiritual family, even of the kingdom of heaven. And so he says, therefore, if you are offering your gift at the altar and they remember that your brother or sister has something against you, leave your gift there in front of the altar. First go and be reconciled to them. Then come and offer your gift. And so the principle here, Jesus is saying that reconciliation is more important than ritual, right? And so this is something we talked about um, a little bit um, as we talked about what the purpose of the law was, what fulfilling the law meant, right? That God desires mercy, not sacrifice, that he wants um, justice to flow. And, And then... Man, then all your sacrifices, your fasting, all of those things would be accepted. And and this is what the prophets are talking about. And so Jesus says the most important thing is that you are in right relationship with me. And when you are in right relationship with me, you will seek to be in right relationship with one another. You will be peacemakers. You will be merciful. You will pray as we get to the Lord's Prayer that we would we would be forgiven as we forgive others, as we seek to be people who are reconciled, right? Paul talks about this in in Corinthians, that it's the gospel of reconciliation. We have been reconciled to Christ, and so he is reconciling everything to himself, and so we encourage others to be reconciled to Christ and to be reconciled to one another. And so what Jesus points out here is that we're, we're always quick to think, right? Okay, so what do I do when someone is angry at me? Man, how do I handle this? And Jesus says, so if you're, if you're doing, the, doing the offering and you remember that your brother or your sister has something against you, right? This is the pattern of, of the sermon. It's contemplate what is going on in your own heart. Hey, if, if you're the one who is thinking this way about a brother or sister, if you're the one who is considering using these kind of words when you speak to someone else who is in God's image, consider that, right? When we get to chapter 7, it's going to be, um, you know, when Jesus talks about judging. And it's, you know, look at the plank in your own eye. Like, see what's going on in your own life. Consider that you might be the one um, who is uh, in danger of judgment. Consider that you might be the one um, that needs to get back on the right path. And so, if they have something against you, just said, if you realize that, and you're, you're living in the kingdom, you're going to recognize that you have a responsibility to make things right. And so rather than staying there, doing your offering, he says, leave your gift there in front of the altar. First go and be reconciled to them. 
then come and offer your gift. And uh, I was listening to uh, a podcast where they were discussing this verse and um, uh, the guy's name was Mike Erie and he was saying like, where Jesus is here in, in Galilee, it's like three days from Jerusalem. And so what he's, if, if these people were to take this, you know, seriously as the example, it's like, hey, you're in Jerusalem, you've traveled all the way there, um, these are the poor people, so you've, you've spent a good deal of what you own to get there, to be able to buy um, whatever you can afford for the sacrifice, and you're there, and you realize, oh no. Jesus is saying like, hey, so you tell the priest, yeah, I'll be back in six days, because I got to go home, I got to go make things right, and then I'll be back and offer the thing. This isn't like a, um, uh, Jesus isn't presenting a, a formula for how we're supposed to make things right. Jesus is saying, this is the most important thing that you, you would be doing in terms of uh, your worship to God. You're at the temple, you're going to give an offering. And he says, if, if you are not right with your brother or sister, like that's not important at all in the moment. The most important thing for you is to say, God has, has made it possible for me to be right with him. And because of that, I can be right. And I don't have to give into the pattern of allowing this relationship to be broken. Just like God came to me, I can go to them. He says, so it's like a hyperbolic example, right? Where Jesus is, is saying uh, something that expands uh, the imagination of, of his listeners. Like when he said, you know, how many times am I supposed to forgive? 70 times seven. It wasn't that you're supposed to follow. Okay, 490, we're done. It's like, how many times am I supposed to forgive? Yes. Or the good Samaritan. He wasn't, he wasn't saying... This is how you can figure out who is your neighbor, right? He gets to the end and he asks, so who was a neighbor? And you're like, oh, shoot, I have to be a neighbor all the time. What does that look like? And so Jesus is saying here, man, the most important thing that you could think about in terms of that you would be able to do, offering your gift at the altar, you aren't going to be offering other people's gifts because you're not, you know, a priest. You're just a regular person. The most important thing that you could be doing in the, the most sacred place in terms of how you would think about um, coming to God, recognize that if, if you realize in there that, that you've done something, you need to go make it right and make restitution. And then imagine if, if this is how people in the kingdom of God lived and thought, how that would affect the people around them, right? If you're like, hey, Somebody came up to me and be like, hey, so, uh, you know, I'm supposed to get married this afternoon. It's a big event, but, like, I realize, like, we aren't in good relationship. So I'm here in my tuxedo, and I just need to apologize for what's going on. And I don't know if I can make it right, but I want to make it right. Like, how would that affect you? Right? If, 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 if somebody, you know, like, okay, so I had this... This big, this big thing that I'm supposed to do, but in the middle of it, I realize, like, man, I, I treated you really bad. And so I'm here to, to reconcile. And I'm here to come to you to humble myself, to say, 
hey, what I did was not correct. And more important than having everything look good in my life, I want everything to be good in my life. If, if we were uh, a community of people that did that, that would certainly be salt and light to those around us. Right? Because we've all had opportunities where we've gone to someone and been like, hey, like, this hurt me. And sometimes people are like, oh man, I'm, I'm, I, they recognize that, right? And sometimes like, well, sorry if you were offended. I'm like, oh, that wasn't great. Right? It, make, it would make so much difference, right? When the one who is, the one who did the wrong takes the first step. Um, Scott McKnight says that in, in this idea that reconciliation is more important than ritual is that love, the love of God means fellowship and fellowship requires reconciliation. If we're going to have real fellowship, we have to be reconciled with one another. And so whatever we have with one another, we as people who um, are learning to become merciful who are learning to uh, long for justice and righteousness who are uh, learning to become peacemakers we are going to think about how we are how we have the opportunity to make peace with those around us and that's where it, it starts right it, it's easy us it's easy for us to think about um, a conflict in another part of the world or another part of the country or another part of the city and not that we shouldn't lend our voice when we have the opportunity or occasion right to um to pray for uh peace in those situations for reconciliation or whatever it it looks like for um the parties who have done the wrong to come and reconcile um but if we begin where we are with our neighbors, with um, our brother and sister who we may have wronged, then right, we're going to be able to build out from that. Because if, if we don't have to worry about what's going on in here because we're reconciled, if we don't have to worry about what's going on in here because we're dealing with our anger in the correct way, then that gives us so much more space to be able to step out into issues with our neighbors or in our community or wherever else and not be like, man, well, I've got so much anger going on within my own community or um, within my own house or um, within this apartment or this job or wherever it is and say, well, now I've got to get involved in this other situation of, of peacemaking or whatever it is. Um, if we start there, then we're going to have um, the ability to, to be salt and light um, in other um, situations as well as just this aspect of us being those type of people um, is, is how we can be um, salt and light. And then his second example um, of someone being taken to court, um, Jesus encourages us to settle things by kingdom principles or will be in danger of earthly systems. 
right? So he says, settle matters quickly with your adversary who's taking you to court. Do it while you are still together on the way, or your adversary may hand you over to the judge, and the judge may hand you over to the officer, and you may be thrown into prison. Truly, I tell you, you will not get out until you have paid the last penny. And Jesus isn't saying this as a, for sure this is going to happen to you. He's saying, you know how the world works. You're the people that have been taken advantage of by the system. You, the people listening to the sermon, right? These were the people that were on the down and outs. They were the ones that um, didn't have the financial resources. They had been sick and diseased and demon-possessed. Um, they were ordinary you know, fishermen. They were not the people that had um, access to the levers of power who could necessarily, um, you know, have a family member or an acquaintance put in a good word with the judge and use, um, you know, their family honor to get better standing in a case. He's saying, you know how the world works. Like, if you get handed over to the judge, you don't have any guarantee of what's going to happen. This guy could be um, just, he could be unjust. Um, they could be having a good day or a bad day when they make this decision. Um, and it's totally possible that you get into this situation and you end up in prison. And in, in the world's system, you know, very rarely do our, our man-made justice systems have a lot of mercy written into the system or a lot of forgiveness written into the system, right? And Jesus is recognizing that. He says, if, if you have two options when you are in a dispute with someone, you can attempt to the best of your ability to take care of it in a way that lines up with how you would want to be treated, which is right from chapter 7, treat others as you would want to be treated because this is the law and the prophets. He said you could do this or you could leave yourself up to the world systems. And honestly, there's, there's not going to be grace for you there. But if, if this is someone who um, you have the opportunity to be with, he says, while you're still on your way, try and settle matters, right? And again, this is, this is the situation where it's, the adversary is taking you to court. So it's possible that in this situation, you may have done something wrong. You may have messed up. You may have done something that requires you um, to make restitution or reconciliation. He's saying, so whatever you can do, settle matters quickly. I'm not saying like, Whenever somebody sues you, you have to give in and do exactly what they say. This is not a law that says that we have to do that. This is a law that says, this is not a law, this is a teaching, right? That says, hey, so the way the world works is different than how my kingdom works. And if you're, if you're living in my kingdom and inviting other people into the kingdom, then they're going to be exposed to these principles of, of mercy and forgiveness and reconciliation and it's totally possible that you could have a different outcome than you would expect because there's only there's only one way that the world operates and that's on retribution whether that's in personal relationships like anger that lead to murder or um, in society 
relationships where you do something wrong and there's punishments and you don't have any choice. Like if you, if you decide to go that route and you're guilty, like, guess what? You get punished. That's like the only option. And so he's saying that there, there is, there is value to when we have, um, been the person who has wronged someone to take steps, um, toward restitution. Cause if we don't, if we don't do that, if we aren't taking the steps toward reconciliation, then your adversary may have no other recourse. Men, maybe, maybe they're taking you to court because they've tried everything else. And Jesus is saying, look, that's the last way that, the last um, way of life that you want to be involved in. Like, you don't, you don't need to involve them where, wherever possible. Um, and so th- th- this is not saying um, uh, between these verses and uh, other verses in Matthew, like uh, Matthew 18 um, or um, other teachings in the New Testament, you know, churches or um, uh, Christian or religious institutions will say like, oh, well, you can't, you can't ever um, sue another Christian or you can't take them to court or uh, turn them into the police if they've done something wrong. You have to settle everything in-house. Um, if, if, if that's what someone is teaching, then that's probably a, a hint that maybe uh, you should leave. Um, right, if, if someone um, comes comes to us about some issue of um you know whatever it is crime or abuse or whatever of course we want to reconcile with that person um but that that does not mean uh that we uh ignore the consequences of of what they have done um so that to say this is this is a um again not you have to do this in every situation. Um, this is a, when, when you're the one that um, is being taken to court, there may be a way for, for you to respond in a way that takes um, positive steps towards reconciliation, towards restitution, um, that will uh, change um, the outcome of the relationship and uh, the outcome of, of where you end up. Um, so Jesus here is saying, not that these are our, our rules that we have to follow, because if we do that, then we're still living in the same pattern of what he has come to fulfill, to say that's not how you live. It's not just that you don't murder people. It's not just that you never say you fool to someone. It's not that you, um, uh, you know, never do these things. Um, but that you recognize that that is not how you continue relationships, maintain relationships, live in relationship, that when you recognize those signs in your own heart because 
right? We, we know that there is, right? God is described as angry about certain things in scripture. That anger um, about um, injustice is not incorrect. And that in the moment, right, anger is this idea um, that, you know, just our, um, our desire or our will or our um, autonomy or power has been uh, challenged or limited or crossed. And then we need, we need to consider then, um, am I angry because I, was, I wanted to do something that was I was told I couldn't do because I was unhelpful or hurtful to someone else? Am I angry because I have been harmed or violated? Whatever the, the, the conclusion of that is, we, we are told to consider our anger and that there is a different way to deal with that. That we, as people who are part of the kingdom of God, live like it and make reconciliation and right relationship with God and with others um, the point of all that we do. And so we consider that at the center of how we respond um, to anger, how we respond to harm or hurt, and how we respond when we realize and when we are given the opportunity to see that we have been the ones that have been looking, considering, and even acting and speaking um, out of anger or wrath or malice, right? And Paul says in Ephesians chapter 4, hey, whatever anger or wrath or slander or malice, we put them away and we forgive as God in Christ has forgiven us. And thereby, right, there's the, there's the division right there, there's the chapter division for us, but then beginning in, in chapter five, right, it's, this is, this is how you can live in, in, in peace. Um, so so the, the point is that there's a new way of relating to people. There's a way that breaks the um, systems and thoughts and patterns um, that sin has put the world in. And we, as people that are living under the reign of God, can learn to walk and live in that path and thereby experience the blessings that Jesus has promised are available um, to those who walk in that way as peacemakers, as the merciful, um, as those um, who are willing even to be uh, persecuted um, for attempting to make peace because we're not always going to have um, the the perfect outcome it doesn't say here um, that you're always if you if you follow this pattern you're always going to get the perfect reconciliation 
or that you're always going to have the perfect peace in every relationship. But the pattern that Jesus establishes, the way that we're supposed to think, right, is that um, how, how Paul describes it in Romans 12, so far as it depends on you, be at peace with everyone. And so Jesus says, so far as it depends on you, hey, you leave your, your gift there at the altar, you go and do it, you go and reconcile. What, whatever, whatever happens, that's okay. Whether, whether you have the blessing of peace, whether you face um, persecution from, from someone in that situation, whatever it is, the, the correct thing to do is the correct thing to do. The right way to think about others as how do I honor someone in relationship in light of the fact that God has created them doesn't change for us. And, and so Jesus is saying this in terms of not just don't murder people, but consider where your anger leads. Consider that you are meant, you were created to be in perfect relationship with one another and with me. And that is the fullness, the fulfillment of this law. And that is what I want for you and what I'm offering you as you come into my kingdom. We come and we are able to do that because of what Jesus did in modeling this for us. Even, even though he had done no wrong, he was the one that came to earth. He was the one that when we were still sinners, Christ died for us. When we were enemies, he loved us and gave himself for us so that we could be reconciled. And so that is the example that we follow. And because of his resurrection and defeat of the powers of sin and death and destruction and these cycles of um, retribution of anger and everything his resurrection gives us the power to walk um, in newness of life in this area and all the other ones um, that Jesus is going to continue to talk about